start meeting. So I've just let them in now. Hey guys, we are trying to figure out Teams when it comes to webinars. So apologies for keeping you waiting for the last four minutes. We thought we were speaking to you and we said, put something in the chat and no one was responding to us. So can someone in the chat tell me if they can see Paul's slide, please? And welcome to the webinar. We do need IT support. So I was going to say, are these all techies that we're talking to? They are, yes. Okay, cool. Gavin can say he can see the slide. That means we're in business, Paul. It's just as well I asked that question or we would have just done like a half an hour session here and One hour. All, you would have all been in the meeting room. So that's just me talking to you. That is the level of technology that we've got here. Just still trying to get ourselves around teams and we're speaking to a bunch of IT providers and MSPs. So make of that what you want. So I'll start again for those that missed it. For me, this is really exciting because I've never done a cool lab like this with Paul. I've done a number of webinars with other people in the MSP industry. But Paul is someone that I really respect and look up to mainly because he focuses on sales and successful MSPs like yourself all know that it comes down to sales. The marketing stuff that we do here at IT Rockstars, that really just supports the sales piece. So Paul's like the main man when it comes to this and that's why I invited him on here. To tell you the truth though, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about this webinar and he gave me the title of it, Recession Ready, but I have absolutely no idea what he's going to speak about for the next 30 minutes. So I'm quite excited to hear what he's got to say. So Paul, I'll hand over to you. I've done enough talking at this stage. We'll maybe do a little bit of Q&A at the end where you can ask your questions of, of our expert here. So away you go, Paul. So can you see me as well? Or is I can see you too, yeah. Yeah. I, can see I can't see my video. We can see you fine. Oh, it's, okay. It is confusing, but it is what it is. Because you can watch the recording. I won't introduce myself. I'll do that at the end. Okay. Um, okay. I was asked actually a few weeks ago to do a couple of keynotes at distributors event. And as, as Scott's sister of what I do is based around sales management, sales, everything in an effort to help you all get out there and build your businesses. But one of the things that we seem to be heading for, albeit depends where you look, certainly in the UK. If you look at the experts, they all tell you we're heading for a recession. If you listen to the government, we're not. So I guess you make of that what you will. I know over stateside, there's lots of talk of, of a recession. So I thought it would be useful to just simply look at and see what we can be doing as MSPs to be ready for the recession and how we can come out of it, perhaps even stronger than we're going into it. So with that. What you see there is a list of all of the major banks and every one of those is a report on the outlook for 2023. So we're not seeing that slide. I think we need to move to the next one. We've just done the first one still. Yeah, on the f You're not seeing that one. Oh, we're until he can, Mike can see it. So maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, isn't it? You can't throw me. So what we've got here then is a list of all the major banks and their reports. If anybody wants this, I can, it's obviously a post off LinkedIn, but I can send it to you. I'd like to tell you, I've read every one of them and therefore I've got a very clear view of what's going on. The fact is I haven't read any of them because frankly, I think if I did, I'm not sure I'd be any better off at the end of it or know any more than I did before I started, but I thought it's useful to actually 
give some indication of the things that are around for research, if that's what you want to do. And this is quite interesting. And it's interesting because one of the things I think that we need to be doing whenever there's something coming down the track is to try and get ahead of it. Now, you all will have, you'll all know HubSpot. It is the market leader in the kind of inbound marketing space. And they have a CRM as well, by all accounts. But what, I got this email a couple of weeks ago. And what they're doing is they're offering their starter pack for $30 a month instead of 50. And that's because there's a lot of negative talk around and we're all under pressure financially. So what they've taken the decision to do is to get ahead of it by offering something as a deal, as an offer now to try and encourage you to keep spending through, through the downturn that we're facing. And I thought that was quite neat and something that, you know, we could all be thinking about in terms of how we can keep the business ro rolling when people will inevitably be saying that they haven't got enough money. We've seen lots of technical layoffs. My daughter actually works for Salesforce and she's on maternity leave. And since she's been on maternity leave, they've sacked 20% of the Salesforce and made 8,000 people redundant. But in the UK particularly, I think she's reasonably safe just because she's on maternity leave. But what was interesting there is that the back end of November, their manager got an email and to fire a number of salespeople. So they literally did an email to every sales manager in Salesforce with names of salespeople to get rid of by the end of the day. It was Friday lunchtime, email arrives, sales managers told in, in the case of my daughter's manager, there were two, two salespeople that were fired by five o'clock, no discussion. No, no mitigation, no nothing. It was just a case of this is it. This is what's going to happen. And then this is a very professional slide that I wrote as well. So there's some more layoffs. So you can see here, even the smallest of companies have been laying people off. So DocuSide, 700, iRobot, don't know who they are, 85, eBay, 500, and so it goes on. But what was interesting for this, for me, was these meta 20 jobs here, they were actually job offers. So they were job offers that they'd made with people that were expecting to join Meta, who, whose off, offers were then withdrawn. So one assumes they'd resigned from their previous position. They'd, that's not distracting. They'd resigned from their previous position and they're waiting to start their shiny new job with Meta and Meta pulled the job offers. So. Now, this is an interesting quote. Paul Stevenson is a well-known US economist by all accounts, and the stock market has predicted nine out of the last five recessions. So what does that say? It, all it says is that we've got a feeling in terms of what's going on, but we're never 100% sure. So there's a funny story with this, which Ayrton Senna, who this isn't. If you go into Google and you put Ayrton Senna into Google, and you do images, he comes up with this image. Now I'm not a formula fanatic and I did this talk as I say for a Disney's event and the chap came up to me at the end of it and he said that was really good that was, but you do know that's not Ayrton Senna. It's apparently Jason Button, it was the Canadian Grand Prix and he did tell me the year, but I can't remember the year, but what makes somebody know that? And does somebody know from that who's driving it and what Grand Prix it was? But the important thing is, Ayrton Senna says, you cannot overtake 15 cars in good weather, but you can when it's raining. So the moral of that is, 
when everybody, when it's good for everybody and everybody's doing the same job, then it's quite difficult to get past them. But if we're going into a storm, then it's only the good ones that will actually stay ahead of us or stay level with us. So there's always the opportunity to get past people. So all we need to be able to do is to learn to drive in the wet. And if we can drive in the wet, then we've got a better chance. So what I thought we would do is we'd look at what we can do and have some thoughts and give some actions in terms of what we can do to get ready for it. So that's my dog. She's taken to digging holes in the garden and sticking her head in it. Now, everybody uses the pictures of the bloke on the beach with his head in the sand, and I figured that this would be slightly more entertaining. So one thing that you can't do is stick your head in the soil in this particular case. You've got to face up to the fact that there is something happening and there is something coming and do something about it. So what can we do? We can defend. So we can batten down the hatches, lock everything down and wait for the storm to pass us by. On average, if, when you come out of it, then you're actually behind the pack. So whilst it works, then you're going to be a bit smaller when you come when we get to the other side. And as a part of that, it's important to remember that economics is a cycle. So regardless of what happens, we will come out the other side of it, but we want to come out the other side of it, all things being equal, stronger than we've gone in. Or we could just attack. So let's just throw caution to the wind and attack and go out and get as much business and do as many things as we can. Well, obviously, if we do that, it's a little bit hit and miss. So, you know, when you go over the top with your rifle, then half of those are going to get shot. And that's the sort of outcome that we don't really want. What we need is a bit of both. So we need to be able to defend um, to a certain extent and then do some attacking. And if we do that, then on average, in all of the sort of research, then we're going to come out of it ahead of most people once we get back to the straight and narrow. So what we'll look at is we'll look at five things that we can do to defend. And then we'll look at five things that we can do to attack. The first one. Oh, is to examine all your business costs. So when things are good, we don't tend to pay a massive amount of attention to what things cost and how it's adding up. Now, I was fortunate at one point that I did work for a man who wouldn't do anything, wouldn't spend any money at all unless there was a very good justification, but he's very much the exception rather than the rule. I got involved in a, I got involved in a cost reduction business about 10 years ago, and we did cost reduction for SMEs. And we would maintain that with the exception of people and premise cost, we could save an average of 20% across all of the other cost headings within an SMA, which I thought at the time was staggering, but I did it and we proved it. Potentially you've got 20% across your cost headings that is there to be saved. And it may be these days it's a bit more. It may be a bit less, but the important thing is that regardless of what size of a business you are, then, you know, there is a significant sum of money to be saved if you put that little bit of extra effort into your purchasing and have a really hard look at your costs in terms of what you do and what you don't need. And then we need to be careful with our credit. 
there are companies going out of business. I was I run one of the tech tribe meetings in the UK at a fortnight ago. We were talking about this, and most without exception, they'd lost one or two clients across the piece. And at the event that I did this at, there was a guy there who'd lost five customers in the, in the space of a month that were all going out of business. So you need to be really careful in terms of who owes your money and make sure that you're collecting your money and you're collecting it well. And the first time that they don't pay the direct debit, you need to be on it and on it tight. The one thing that came out of the meeting, the tech drive meeting, and one of the MSPs there actually charges a month in advance. Now, I thought this was genius in fairness, but he, when he takes a new client on board, he makes them pay for two months in the same way as you would for your mobile phone. And then if he does have an issue, he's always got 60 days essentially in the bank before he has any major problem with credit. And it might be a bit difficult to do that with existing clients, but as you're taking on new clients, then it's, I think that's is quite a useful idea and quite quite clever in some respects. When you look at companies going out of business, if you look back to the 2008 recession, when Wahlbergs went to the wall, if you'd have asked anybody the week before whether or not they thought Wahlbergs were going out of business, they'd have laughed at you to centre who is the largest reseller come service provider in the UK, were owed £2 million by Wahlbergs when they went down. So... We can talk about it, but when it comes to it, you're never 100% sure that the people that you're dealing with are going to be in a position to pay the bills. You can only make sure that you know, you're being as tied with it as you can. And then we need to right-size the team. I've got clients that turn over a million, a little over a million pounds as an MSP with everything between four and 16 members. I don't get involved in what the techie staff do. But there does, in a lot of places, there does seem to be a lot of them. And when I talk about right size, I'm not talking about making them lots of little people, but it's just establishing what it is you really need and can you do things slightly better and is the right person in the right job? Because your people costs are probably one of the biggest costs, if not the biggest cost that you've got. And again, it's easy over time to let take extra people on if when things are good, and the money's there, but we've seen the layoffs. And if you look at the layoffs that have been made, they're largely by companies that are VC backed or the public companies, because they have to guard their profitability so much. Now I'm not suggesting that you go around and adopt a similar sort of attitude with your staff, but nevertheless, have you got all of the right people in the right place? Have you got people that are overqualified that you could potentially be doing the job with somebody that doesn't cost you as much money? It's just worth looking at. And I think it's worth drilling into to make sure that you've got the right people in the right place. And look at your software. What software do you use? You've got all sorts of different software products. And I'm talking about the ones that you use to run your business as opposed to your tech stack at this stage. I'm guessing you've got Zoom, you've got Microsoft, You'll have Zav Zero. You'll have a note product of some description. And so it goes on. Maybe Hootsuite, maybe HubSpot. And all these things have it up. And you know, the beauty of SaaS is that it costs you threepence a seat, but then you start adding it on and you're adding it on and you're adding it on. It ends up costing you lots of dollars. So it's worthwhile looking. Do you need it? And you take some of them out, are they still relevant? 
And is there something that will do that job for you cheaper? The biggest change or the biggest option that I see, and this is not a recommendation, it's just purely, I happen to know the numbers involved, but Zoho, which is a large Indian software company who are, they're over a billion dollars a year, so they're not an insignificant outfit. They have a product called Software, sorry, Zoho One. And in Zoho One, you get a CRM package, which is as good as, 85% as good as Dynamics and, and the likes of Salesforce. And that would cost you 70, 70 pounds a seat or I guess 85, $90, $85, Zero, the accountancy package is going to cost you at least 30 pounds a month. Zoom, if you go for the webinar version is 40 pounds a month. HubSpot is an interesting one because I know people were paid as much as 450 pounds a month for HubSpot. Uh, active campaigns, social food suites, £250 a month, DocuSigns, £20 a month, and so it goes on. And there is a Zoho equivalent product for every one of those for just £35 a month. You can get all of it for £35 a month. Now, as I say, it's not a recommendation. All I'm using it for is, a, is an illustration that there are alternative products on the market for the things that you're using, which may well be doing it cheaper. And I think you need to investigate and look at all of that. And then we get to your tech stack. And far be it from me to start talking to a bunch of technical people about what they put in their tech stack, beyond the fact that there'll be things in it today that you've had in it for years that you don't need, or there may be products available today that will reduce the costs of that significantly. In my experience, very few MSPs, they'll add things to it, but they very rarely take things away from it. So yeah, we all talk about PSA. A PSA is expensive. They're the ConnectWise and the datas of the world are charging an awful lot of money for PSAs. And my question is, do you really need it? You've been sold it, but do you really need it? Do you really need all the areas of it? Is there something there that you could be saving yourself 30, 40, 50 pounds a month per seat? So again, it's a matter of looking at it, looking at what you have and making sure that all the things that you have in it are relevant today. Simple things like your RM, is that needed in 2023 in the same way as it would have been needed in 2015 or 2010? Is there an alternative that will give you the same results for a fraction of the cost? These are all things that this is a great time to look at and start taking some cost out of the business that you've got. So I'll take questions at the end. So in terms of offensive, we've got a few defensive things now that we can get into place and we can start saving some money as we're going along. But let's look at now how we can actually go out and start attacking and winning some business. So number one is a white space exercise. Now, if I'm standing up in front of you, I can actually describe this with my hands, but the majority of people know what this is, but fundamentally, if you were to draw a matrix and you put your clients down the, the left-hand side and your services across the top, and then you put a cross in the box, in the interchange boxes for each client across your services. And what you'll end up with then is you'll end up with a load of white space where you've got clients that are not using that service from you. Now, it doesn't matter whether you've got 10, 10 accounts, 30 accounts, or 150 accounts, I can guarantee you that you could 
grow your business by between 20 and 30% by just simply getting all of the business that's available to you from your existing account. But what it means is that you have to do the exercise, then you have to draw up a plan, and then you've got to be able to go out and speak to them about the areas that they're not using you for. They're there all under pressure in just the same way as you would be. So to be able to go out with a good story around printing, if it's printers, it may be that you've got no printers in any of your account. You've got the opportunity to go to a, a disty or a printer manufacturer and say, I've got 50 accounts. I want the printer business. Do me a deal on printers. You can go out to them. You can start talking to them about printing. You can talk about print management. You can talk about consumables and you can build yourself a business case. And if you do that with every area of the business that you haven't got, then you're looking at, as I say, 20, 20 to 30% growth just purely from your existing customers. But it does take time and it does take effort. And there is no quick way of doing it. There's a bit of legwork, but I'm sure it's worthwhile in the end. And exceptional value. I think increasingly, you need to be communicating with the clients. You need to be helping them develop and bring technology forwards to help them grow their businesses. I would probably, without exception, you're all saying this, but how many are actually delivering it? Why not do a weekly or a fortnightly webinar and a security update? Just to talk about, it's a news cast as much as anything. The sorts of areas that have been exploited over the previous couple of weeks, the type of companies that have been done, the size of the companies, the size of and the costs of what's involved. Maybe just bring some news around various aspects of the vertical market, presupposing you've got a vertical market that you work with. But just start to bring some expertise, some help and support to your clients so that they're not really going somewhere else. And at the end of it, when, once we come out of this, you'll have a set of customers, a set of clients who are more loyal and start to really appreciate the sorts of things that you're adding. And evaluate your current offering. So this kind of ties in with your tech stack. But are the services that you're selling relevant to the market in 2023? And are they actually what your clients want? I hear lots of MSPs telling me what their clients want and what their clients need. But I don't hear many of them actually asking their clients what it is that they... So I think there's an opportunity here to evaluate it. It may be that you can reduce the service level and drop the price or not drop the price. It may be that there's an opportunity to in, to develop a higher cost offer. So one of the things that I know that people do is to offer CEOs and senior managers within a business a higher level of service than everybody else. Because in fairness, you'd do it anyway, wouldn't you? If the MD of one of your clients found you up and said they wanted something doing now, you're not likely to say, I'm sorry, you're only on a six hour contract. Wait for five and a half hours. You're actually going and do it. So why not grasp the nettle and go out and sell it to the clients? Just take it as an uprated service. And I think, think like a businessman. All of these people have got the same issues that you have in your business. They're all going to be pushed. They're all going to be doing more for the same amount of money. So what can you do to help them develop their business to use the technology to be able to increase their use of technology to improve their, it may be their costs, it may be their go-to-market. One of the things that 
I genuinely believe is that you all over-service your clients. Whenever I meet a new MSP and they say, we haven't lost a customer in 10 years, to me, that's a big red flag because that what that says is that you're actually over-servicing them. So, you know, if you, if you think like the businessman, sit with them, understand what they want, bring some technology to them, start suggesting things to them that they could potentially use. A couple of examples that I have is, is Grammarly, for me, and Grammarly is a gift from God, and it's not expensive, and you're not going to make a lot of money out of it, if any, but by going and introducing it to the clients, for, they've all got issues with their staff typing emails and typing things and, and some whatever that need checking and need doing properly. So why not start suggesting things that they can help? I discovered a text expander about six or eight weeks ago. It's not quite as good for me as Grammarly, but the amount of things that it helps me do quicker and repetitively without making continued mistakes is awesome. And these are the sorts of things that you can be introducing to your clients to just help them within their business, help them move things forwards. And then number six of five is start looking at bigger clients. Now, obviously you've all got businesses of slightly different sizes in slightly different areas of the market. But what's happening here is that the bigger, so in the UK, particularly the hundred seat, hundred and hundred to 150 seat companies are going to have problems from a service point of view, because the big guys aren't going to be able to service them. They're not going to be able to afford to come down to that level of, of company without charging a lot of money to do it. And traditionally it's probably an area that you wouldn't have looked up to because there's a competition coming down the other way. But as these people lose the service from the bigger players, then they're going to start looking at smaller players and why not get there? Why not that smaller player be you and get around, be there and be there to help them when it's time. And you could again, come out of it with some quite big opportunities that you perhaps wouldn't have had a couple of months ago. So if we look just simple, just some numbers to try and illustrate what I'm saying in some respects, but. So if we reduce our costs by a thousand pounds a month, and then we increase the wallet share of our customers by 15%, and we will become more of a trusted advisor and we'll have a lot more lower clients. So simplistically, thousand pounds a month is roughly equivalent to a 2000 pounds a month recurring revenue contract. So just saving a grand a month is giving you the equivalent of £2,000 a month new client. And if we're increasing the wallet share and we're getting £500 a year extra per customer, then if you've got 30 customers, then that's another fifteen grand a year. So it doesn't take a great deal to start building some cash back into the business and making the business more profitable and taking advantage in many respects of the circumstance and where we are in the ec economic cycle. So I'm hoping everybody knows who Andy Grove is. Sometimes you take these things for granted, don't you? I just said, of course, everybody knows who Andy Grove is and everybody looked at me like I just landed from somewhere different. Andy Grove was the driving force behind Intel. So he's quite renowned as a business person. And he says, bad companies are destroyed by a crisis. Good companies survive them and great companies are improved by them. And I think you've got a great opportunity here to actually become a great company 
and start grasping the nettle and improving as we move forwards. So, just as a bit of an advert, just move my camera a little bit. One of the things that I've done, and I was going to call you Craig, but, and Scott has, I have this real issue because for some reason I want to call Scott Craig and I even introduced him as Craig to somebody at Christmas. So Scott's been working with me on this, but I've started this sales club and the basic premise is that it offers the, the ability or the opportunity of companies at a relatively inexpensive rate to concentrate on their sales essentially once every three weeks. So one of the issues I think you have is that is focus. So the whole idea of this is that once every three weeks, we have a small peer group that gets together and we have a bit of education. We have a general discussion around various aspects of the business. So last Friday, one of the, one of the members had been out to a prospect meeting in the morning and the prospect had given him a copy of the quote from his previous supplier and said he doesn't want any corporate this and he doesn't want corporate that. He wants a nice friendly relationship with his supplier. So how would we approach it and what would we do and how, what sort of proposal would we put forwards? So there was a discussion, there was some suggestions made for that. One of the guys has got a big deal that's a lot larger than he's ever done before and how could he structure it and how can he make it worthwhile? So we had that conversation and then we talked about some deals that were closing by the end of the month. So that's available. There are different tiers, but essentially we start at 149 pounds a month. I think we also have to mention that you get a discount if you're an IT Rockstar member. And you get a discount <laughs> on it if you're an IT Rockstar member. And I mean, in terms of Cellulite, what I do largely is work with businesses from a sales strategy perspective. So it's really looking down what do you need to get in place to be able to go out and sell deliberately? So when you get to the stage of recommendation and referral not being enough, and that in the UK typically happens between 900,000 and 1.1 million. It's, if you've been in business for 15 years and you've got five engineers and you can get to a million pounds, if you want to go beyond that, then you've got to start doing things slightly differently. So yeah, you need to get everything in place. So I have a workshop and I have a variety of different ways of doing that. And then that's me. Although my hair was darker seemingly then. Uh, how old is that for? Do I rather not talk about that? <laughs> um, Excellent. It's not that old in fairness, but as I say, my hair has actually gone slightly grey since I moved to Dorset. So I showed this photo to my wife and she was like, he looks like he's got a bit of Italian in him. Have you got any Italian in you? Not while I'm standing there. No, okay. So I think we'll open up the floor to questions then, Paul. We've got yeah. we've got a number of people in the in the webinar here. So if you have any questions for Paul, just put them into the chat. We can answer them. I've taken some notes as well, so I can I can, can kick off here. I don't know how I stop sharing. There's it's like a little I think it's like a circle with an X in it. Where the share button was. Maybe I should turn it off. Uh, no, I can't turn it off. You have to do it year end. No idea how that works. Oh, hang on. Just before we do that, then. So I did that, and I put all the time in. I put all the time and effort into producing this presentation, yes. and then I put the same question into 
chat GDP or whatever it's called, GTP yeah. or whatever. And this is why this is what it said. Unfortunately for me, it covers most of those points. Um, it's what I was going to do, what I was going to do was actually at the events that I did was to just stick that up on the screen and sit down. Yeah, they say it'll replace me. Let's do that. So I, the first question I've got is all the defensive stuff that you listed there. Now I've actually been through this process myself at IT Rockstar. So we were looking at like closely the software that we have. We probably saved about eight hundred pounds a month just in the software that we're using. A good example of that is I'm using this webinar function in Teams now because I think we're Office 365 and I'm like, oh, I don't actually need that Zoom license. So I can be doing webinars on this and it gets recorded and we're going to have all that cool AI soon that Microsoft's are coming into. But do you think we're almost leading ourselves into a recession because we're all looking at our costs. We're all cutting back and stuff. We're all talking about the potential of a recession. So it's almost like we're talking ourselves into it. I think there is a danger of that. But I would say that everything that I've said there, you should be doing anyway. True. Yeah. So True. all I'm doing, and or I suppose all I'm highlighting, is to, as you go into this, get ahead of it. So do these things anyway. I worked for a man who did this every time as we went along. Nothing was added unless it was absolutely necessary. And he, yeah. when I joined him, he turned over 14 million a year. And this last year, he did 2.5 billion. So yes. you've got to say that probably works. Yeah. Every, every penny is. But I think there. we're all as guilty. I probably, there's only me, and I bet I spend 30 or 40 quid a month on software I don't need to because I haven't stopped and gone through it. So it's just an opportunity to stop and get the extra money in the bank because you may need it. Now, hopefully, you won't need it. In which case you've got it to invest when you come out of it. But there's always a danger of talking ourselves into this, but you can't ignore it either, can you? That's the key to it, I think. You can. I get mixed messages from a number of the members. I get I met some from Canada today, Vancouver and MSP out there. And he's saying he's going gangbusters at the moment. So it's, I hear different things from different people. And that's why I question it more than anything else. The next question I've got for you. All of those companies you listed in that piece of paper, like Dell, Salesforce, mm. HubSpot, they're all doing those tech layoffs, but they're massive companies. How does that affect the MSPs? How does that affect the IT business owners that are dealing with small, medium-sized clients? I don't, I don't see how that directly affects us. And I've always been told that from an MSP perspective, we're usually quite recession-proof because we're dealing in so many different variety of industries. I think. The business model is recession proof because it's monthly recurring revenue. So if you look at, if you look at the pandemic, which is the last serious issue that we all had, yeah. the companies that had a real problem are the ones that, and I know, I know one of each of these, but one where the majority of his business was actually people on site. Okay. So he sold projects and he sold people on site. And of course, as soon as they didn't have offices, they didn't have on site. So his business halved. And then I know another guy who's got himself a job because his business was all um, block hours. And he just went the block hours route. And of course, if nobody's working, they don't need any block hours. So the, M the monthly recurring revenue is the strongest play. But nevertheless, it's about taking your spare cash putting it in the bank yeah the numbers that these big companies are making redundant 
and getting shut off isn't directly proportional. But what it says is these people are taking it serious enough that they're doing this. So in your own smaller way, should you not be doing the same thing? Yeah, they're the ones with the cash in the bank. Okay. All right, let's move on to the tactical stuff then. Add, accept, general value. Now, there's one point that you mentioned within there, which was the webinar. Do a webinar to your existing clients and potentially your prospects. I think, personally, like I think that's one of the best things you could be doing right now. It's like almost instantaneous leads. It's the reason that I do these. And the last webinar I did, we had 25 people sign up. Instantaneous leads. So I'd love to hear anyone in the audience that's maybe doing like lunch and learns or webinars i don't know what your experience has been paul i don't do enough of it, but i do i'm a big fan of people in the room but there's an age thing yeah so i am of a different generation and i would always do seminars little seminars regularly if it's a look if you've got the space if you've got a meeting room that will hold eight or ten people then you should be doing it every week inviting people in to just educate them, talk about in this world of security and breaches, you don't have to frighten them. You just got to bring them in, explain what's gone on, give them an update, tell them the sorts of businesses that have been breached and the sorts of breaches that have actually happened and be a part of their information, the newscast. And in doing that, they'll come towards you, they'll ask you, you'll, they'll trust you more and they'll look to develop their business with you. If you just take advantage or just take them for granted, then in this kind of environment, they'll start to move away. So you've got to put extra efforts, extra comms and be there all the time. Now, your higher cost offer as a tactical, have you got any, I think you'd mentioned offering is almost like a CEO, a CEO service where you're yeah. God, like a, what, a 15 minute response to the CEO. Is there any other things that you've seen maybe within the tech stripe meetings or anything like that you've heard of and from specifically for IT businesses and MSPs and what they could be adding in yeah. at higher cost? I think a lot of it comes down to be able to sit down and ask. So one of the best things that I used, one of the most enjoyable things I used to do was with the client base data, when I was carrying up my own bag, the, the clients would have been bigger, but the premise still holds is to go out and meet them. And I would say, forget money for a minute. If you had a blank piece of paper, could design the service that best fits your requirements, what would it look like? And then get them talking. And then you can start to understand exactly what it is that they want. And you may not be able to do it, well, you may be able to do it at a cost, you know, but you've got the information to be able to go away. If whatever it is that they want, you can bet your life that other men, other clients are going to want. So you can start to build services out that are specific against their requirements. It may be you can include them or you maybe you have to charge for them. But the whole idea is that you're involving them in that in that discussion rather than telling them, this is my, there's, is it true methods that, you know, it, they have an absolutely fixed stack and that's it. Now, that's it. No TV that's news. it. Now, yes, you can sell that to people, but is that what they really want? Are they, you're going to get best benefit from that. This is just giving people the impression at least that they're having, they're having some input and you can actually build out a better, different service. That's a better fit. Now, I have the MD thing is something that comes up regularly when I do the workshops, because uh, my argument is you're going to do that anyway. So why don't, so why don't you, as a part of your contracts, just simply say, you can have two executives on this platinum package 
Yeah, makes perfect sense, doesn't and it? Then, and when you're actually out selling it, you say to people, look, this is our average service, but you can elect two executives to go on this super platinum service and they'll get them. So your MD and their secretary or, you know, another board director or whatever it happens to be and do that. And then there's every chance that they're going to say everybody wants that. And then you've got an opportunity to upgrade everybody, haven't you? Yeah. But And people go, I'm not going to do that. And so if the MD of one of your biggest clients phoned you and said, I need you here in an hour, you would be there in an hour. You wouldn't say, that's not our level of service. So do it. Do it. Market it. Make it an exception. Make it one of the things that you're doing, that the people around you are doing, and get on with it. And the other one that I like and <laughs> is holidays. So, you know, why not? When somebody goes on holiday for a fortnight, not charge for the support of their machine while they're not there. That's not really increasing your line there, though, is it? No, but what it's doing is it's making it more saleable with new customers, isn't it? Yeah. Because what you're saying is we recognize the fact. That's almost like a bargaining piece, I think. That's what it feels like to me. Well, of course it is. But isn't that what we do? <laughs> so Michelle's got a good one here. It's called the golden ticket, she said in the chat. So every month... You can escalate a certain number of tickets to P1, priority one. I like that idea, but most users think they're priority one anyway, don't they? But that's the challenge, isn't it? Because by by differentiating and having it as a part of your sales story, what, it all comes back to looking at what you're doing. You have an opportunity to be able to reevaluate everything that you're doing and, and start taking in ideas. And some of it's making more money for your existing customers. Some of it is just finding, diff how many times do you get asked, how do you differentiate one MSP from another? Yeah. Because, and it's a challenge for me, because as I talk to more of them, they all become the same again. <laughs> We're the best in the world. But uh, those sorts of things, these are things that would actually start to differentiate you. We recognize the fact that your executives are important. So we automatically give them a higher service. We recognize that within a month, you're going to have a couple of tickets, which are really quite important. We'll allow you to escalate to a month just because it saves any, saves any conflict or any issue, doesn't it? Makes, and it makes, them, sorry. Say it makes them think about it. Mike's got here that he had something similar in his last place, but it was only used twice in eight years. That's still, I'd still be offering it. Yeah, but again, those are the sorts of things that they're the best things in the world, aren't they? When you offer, it's like an option. Yeah. Yeah. Is I remember when I worked for an MSP before I had my own one, it was the 24 7 support we gave as an option. And there was a few clients that took us up in that. And it was hardly ever used, but it was used occasionally. But it, for us, it was like money in the bank. So it makes perfect sense to me. It's not joining the gym, isn't it? Yeah, funny story there about moving another side. Excellent, Paul. I don't know if anyone's got any other questions. I think we'll just wrap it up there. It's been really good to have you on. I The sales hive that you mentioned is something, as I say, if you're a member of IT Rockstars, you can get a discount. Just send me a DM and I can get you that discount code. Have you got any last parting words, Paul? No, I don't think so. I just think there's a fantastic opportunity for everybody. And you, but you've got to get out and do it. You, if you sit and stick it in, as my Springer Spaniel does, sticks ahead of the ground, then 
you know, the world will pass you by. There's no question that people are going to get it wrong and people are going to go out of business. So I'll leave with us then. I've got a question here for the Q&A. Should she cut the marketing budget? What's your view on this one? No. <laughs> so uh, the story that I always go to with the marketing budget is at Kellogg. Um, so back in the Great Depression, they actually had competitors that you can go down the supermarket aisle and it wasn't just Kellogg and the own brand supermarket. There was other brands in there as well, but they basically put more money into marketing and they now have the position in the market because of what happened a hundred years ago where the Great Depression. So that's the example I give there when it comes to marketing. Obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased in this, but that's the example that I give. And you'll find that marketing, if you're doing it correctly, every pound or dollar that you put in you should be looking at to see what the return on that is and you should have all of that tracked. So it's, it, it's the same you'll hear Salesforce offloaded a load of salespeople, but unless the salesperson is not covering his costs, in which case he shouldn't be in the job anyway, it should, he, he shouldn't yeah. be in the job anyway. Yeah. I've been fortunate that I went through two recessions when I was with SEC and the bloke who owned it, owned the checkbook, and his attitude was take more people on and let's get on and drive through it. Yep. We were fortunate that he could afford, the business could afford to do that. But obviously not everybody can, but taking out, it's like taking the engine out, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be difficult. Let's take the engine out for a while and yeah. things will just stop. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep driving. And certainly from the marketing side, you've got all these people advertising on a particular platform. So it could be Google ads or Facebook ads or LinkedIn, wherever it might be. Now, a number of them are going to look at their costs. They're going to cut their costs and stop advertising. So what does that do? It brings down the cost of the advertising so you can actually reach a higher audience by putting the same money in or even more. That's my logic on it. Now, get rid of a techie and keep the marketing budget would be my answer. Yeah, or even hire another salesperson. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Okay, Paul, great to have you on. Thanks everyone for joining us today, tonight, wherever you might be. I'll make this recording available too, so you can go back to it. And if you've got any questions for Paul, Paul, how can people get in touch with you? Either drop me an email at paul at cellularly.co.uk or alternatively, just DM me on LinkedIn. Excellent. I'd like to think if you put search for Paul Lloyd on LinkedIn, I'm the first one that comes up. Um, yeah, I'll have to try that out. Yeah, I will be for you. It's for people that I don't, I'm not sure whether that's just my ego or whether it's a fact, to be honest, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. We'll end it there. Yeah. Thanks then. Thanks. Sam. If you've enjoyed today's episode of IT Rockstars, we invite you to check out itrockstars.net. IT Rockstars is the essential resource to boost your MSP marketing efforts. Every month, you'll gain access to four premium white-label articles specifically crafted to attract high-quality leads. Use this content on your blog, LinkedIn, and email. We'll show you how to generate MSP B2B leads for your IT service business. We can only offer this service to one IT company per area, so sign up today and lock your competitors out.